0: And amen. Good afternoon, Central Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon to you all. Amen. Now we're going to start off the uh, afternoon with a, a hymnal that's really only found in our in our old hymnals. But as uh, He has made me glad, I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my hearts. So I will enter His courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. Amen. And then we'll we'll have a word of prayer, and then you'll be able to use your hymnals, okay? Here we go. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. 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 I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Let's sing that again. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. Made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Special ending. I will rejoice.
1: Do come before you now. We bow before you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity once again to be in your house this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us back here to sing praises, uh, to worship you, the true and living God. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. We thank you, Lord, for those who have been saved here lately. We thank you, Lord, for those who have joined the church as well. Lord, we just continue to thank you for all that you do for us. We ask, Lord, that you would be with our pastor this afternoon as he brings the message. We just pray, Lord, that we would have open hearts to receive what you have for us. We ask, Lord, that you would provide safety for us on the way home as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen
0: Amen. Amen and amen. And while we are definitely thankful for what the Lord has has done for us, now we have to ask ourselves the question, can we be a blessing to someone else? Amen. So let's turn to Hymn 475 and ponder upon the hymn, Make Me a Blessing. Amen. Amen. Make me a blessing. Him 475. Sing along. Out in the highways and byways of life, many are weary and sad. Carry the sunshine where darkness is rife, making the sorrowing. Make me a blessing, man. A blessing out of my life May Jesus shine. Amen. Make me a blessing. Oh say your pray. May me a blessing to some one today. Tell the sweet story. Tell the sweet story of Christ and his love. Tell of his power to forgive. Others will trust him if only you prove true every moment you live. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. I. Oh, Savior, I pray, may be a blessing to someone today. Give as twas given to you in your need, love as the Master loved you, be to the helpless a helper indeed. Unto your mission be true Make me a blessing Make me a blessing Out of May Jesus shine blessing to someone today amen
1: and thank you. you may be seated welcome to our afternoon service Central Park Baptist Church we're awful glad that you're here uh, if you're a visitor here this afternoon and you did not get a visitor card our ushers are going to come right now and give you a visitor card right here I'm going to ask you to fill it out After the service in the foyer, I'll be out there by a big sign that says welcome. I have a gift bag for you, and I'm going to exchange that card for a gift bag. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. We're glad that you're here today. Just a few announcements. If you did not get a missions card, if you did not get a a missions faith promise card, and you want one, raise your hand, and our ushers will get you one right now, right over here. Uh, My wife and I both take one. Because my wife gives the missions, and I give the missions. And so I want to encourage you to pray about it. It's a faith promise. Uh, the, the missionaries have to live by faith. Yes, yes, yes. And so must we. Yes. Missionaries can't do anything on the foreign field but serve God. Right. It has to be by faith. If they don't have it, they don't have it. The only way they're going to get it is from God. And the only way we can get money for faith promise missions is going to God and saying to the Lord, what would you have me to give? Yes. By faith, I'm going to trust you to supply it, because I'm not going to give out of my extra. I'm not going to give out of my excess. If you have excess, please see me after the service. I'll take care of that for you. Uh, But I'm going to give out of what you give to me. That's what Faith promises about, and I want to encourage you to be a part of that if you haven't already. Just a few announcements. Don't forget our missions uh, conference starts Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Uh, also remember to sign up for the meal sheet. There's a meal sheet in the foyer uh, on the bulletin board if you'll sign up there. Uh, on different nights we're having, I think, first night is Mexican, second night is Italian third night is Mexican-Italian mixed together. No. Uh, there's just stuff out there. If you just fill that out or put your name on there, what you're going to bring and so on like that. And if you're like me, I, I come simply to eat because you don't want to eat anything I make, all right? Don't forget about soul winning this Saturday at uh, 9.30 in the morning. You said, Brother Marco, during the missions conference, we're going to have soul winning. Yes, we are. Amen. Soul winning has to take place regardless of what we're doing here. We need to reach the loss for Jesus Christ. Then don't forget, those who are interested, Patch the Pirate will be in fort worth on november 11th if you don't know who he is that's okay but if you want to know about patch the pirate and the crowd just come see me on on the 11th and we'll, i'll let you know what's going on what time it is and where he well where they are at and patch who is now very uh, uh, taken with uh all timers won't be there but uh, sissy Siegel will and so, if you don't know who she is, then you don't want to go. But if you know who she is, you'll want to be there. All right. So, uh, thank you very much for being here, Pastor. You come.
2: Next Sunday, the uh, thank you. The Korean, the uh, Korean folks are going to be singing a special next Sunday, and they've been practicing on that. I'm looking forward to it. Brother uh, Woojin said that they are. They've been. They're excited about. It. I'm excited for them. I want to hear them sing. So. You don't want to miss that. <clears throat> also, the choir's going to sing a song they've been working on for a while. We've had it for a while, but we've never sang it. But it goes right along with our mission's emphasis, so you don't want to miss that as well, all right? Oh, and then I want to, what? Oh, the late, okay. Yeah, yes, the ladies' meeting date's changed, ladies, okay. Uh, it's October 18th. Is that the correct date? Okay. It's it, it's in your bulletins, okay, so look in your bulletins for the 18th, all right? If you miss it, it's because you didn't look in your bulletin, because, you know, sometimes when the announcements are given, people don't listen, or y'all got awful quiet. We're not, we're not taking up an offering yet, it's okay, y'all, it's not time to pray or get quiet, all right? Um, but I just but look at that, ladies, because the date has changed. Also, want to thank everybody for working so hard yesterday for the garage sale. Everything went great. Clean up, man! I'm telling you. Uh, I was telling my wife they folks just got after it like you know the Bible says to watch the ant, and because they work with uh, with they just get out there and get after it. And I told my I said they were like a bunch of ants out here. Uh, they just got after it, got the work done, and uh, I appreciate everybody's hard work for that. I think we raised about eight hundred dollars. is that correct? Yes. So uh, amen not I think we had a little bit come in today. Yes. Okay, good. eight sixty seven so that's pretty good. And uh, we still had a lot of stuff that, that uh, Brother Robbie took to the goodwill and uh, uh, but it went well. and I just yeah. want to say thank you for everybody for working so hard. It was a long day. And uh, I only saw two or three of you sleep during church this morning, so it was, y'all, y'all did all you all right, okay? Uh, anyway, so read your bulletins about everything that's going on, okay? Please contact our absentees this week. Yeah. We had several. Many are sick, and uh, so remind them, because people who miss and are not missed will miss, okay? So please contact them this week and let them know that you miss them that you're praying for them and remind them about the missions conference uh this next week okay all right let's go to the lord in prayer may the lord bless you tonight as you give father thank you lord for the day uh, thank you lord for our folks and their faithfulness thank you lord for again the sweet spirit we have in this place and well that only comes through you and lord and through the folks willingness to allow you to work in their hearts and and uh, for that i'm thankful thank you lord for uh, God, the way you blessed yesterday for uh, the uh, garage sale, Lord, or the parking lot sale, thank you, Lord. May that money be used for the cause of Christ here in this place, and Lord, may we always be good stewards of what you give us, and Lord, that we might see this ministry flourish, Lord, and uh, God, so that we might be a, a lighthouse uh, for the, with the gospel of Christ to those who are lost, and so. Please be with us, Lord. Bless this offering, God, that we're about to receive. Bless the gift and the giver, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
0: We'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 676, hymn 676. And at the conclusion of this hymn, we'd like you to take an opportunity to greet each other. I know that we have uh, visitors with us this afternoon, and we need to let them know that we don't consider them visitors, but extended family members here at Central Park. Amen? Hymn 676 we will do all verses. Amen? I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see all I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow, he's my comfort. In trouble, he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. Hallelujah! He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. He, all my griefs have taken, and all my sorrows borne. In temptation, he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken, and all my idols torn. From my heart and now, he keeps me by his power. Amen. Though all the world forsake me, and say, soar. Through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here. Do his blessed will. A wall of fire about me I've nothing now to fear With his manner he my hungry soul shall fear Then sweeping up to glory I'll see his blessed face Where a river of delight shall ever roll He's the lily of the valley The bright and morning star Please the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Amen. Please greet one another at this time. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my
3: soul.
2: Amen. Exodus chapter 1. I think I, I put Brother Shelton in a box on that song. <laughs> he sang that once before, and I heard him practicing, and I went over and told him, I said, now, remember the last time you sang that? I said, you almost got loose. <laughs> and I think he got a little tight on me that time. <laughs> he, I like to hear Brother Shelton sing. <laughs> he does a good job. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Exodus chapter 1. Um, anytime we, I, I just want to kind of give you a little review. Anytime we do uh, preach about scripture or somebody in it, it's it's about what the Bible says about them. Uh, it's never, you know, about what I think or what someone else thinks. Uh, I I read, I read commentaries and and I read other things, but it all comes back to what this book says. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what they say, and you know, there's. they say some good things in commentaries. They have some good thoughts and ideas, but again, it's about here, yeah, right. and so and so. anytime we get to a scripture or study, we're going to study Moses. Again, it's all, always about what the Bible says. Some people, do doesn't say a lot, but some people... Uh, the Bible says volumes about them, and and Moses is one of those guys, and and we're going to look at that. But get to uh, get started about him, we got to do a little history. Okay, so if you found your place in Exodus one, if, let's begin reading in verse one, and uh, we'll read down through. Um, we'll read down to verse six. It says, "Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt: every man in his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah." Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, and all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were seventy souls. Now, look what it says: For Joseph was in Egypt already, and Joseph died, and all his brethren and all that generation. You say, "Well, what's all that have to do with Moses? We're going to get to all that, but you got to start. You got to have a starting place." Amen. And and I believe this is it. So let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd help us as we come in and study the life of Moses, and uh, God, uh, I believe everything that we talk about Moses, we can apply it to our own lives, Lord, and and I pray that we'll do that, that it may help us to be stronger Christians, Lord, in the day that we live, and and, uh, so, Lord, I pray that we'll apply the reading of your word to our hearts and everything that we see in it, I pray that we'll glean from it, Lord, and and the Lord will give you the praise for it. Bless the Holy Spirit of God in what we study. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, as we kind of get started in our study on Moses, we, get, we understand Moses was the great emancipator of Israel and perhaps one of the most important people or figures, if you will, in the Old Testament. In fact, he's so prominent and so important uh, that the contrast between the testaments and between law and grace is often expressed in terms of Moses and Sinai and Christ and calvary and and this prominence of Moses in the Old Testament it emphasizes to us that Moses was important, and he the Bible says he was a great man of God. In fact, you look in deuteronomy chapter thirty three and verse one, and it speaks about Moses being just that, a great man of God. Now, and I want you to keep your Bibles with you because we're going to go to a few different places. Moses, uh, in Deuteronomy 33.1, it tells us again, Mo, uh, Moses was a man of God. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 18, in verse 18, the, the Lord himself says and gives us an idea about the importance of Moses. He says, I will raise up a prophet, that being Christ, from among their brethren, like unto thee. Talking about Moses. And so Moses here was a, a pattern, uh, if you will, for the coming of the Lord. However, uh, Moses, even though he was a great man of God, uh, as James chapter 5 and verse 17 tells us of Elijah, uh, he was like Elijah. He's like you and I. He was a man subject to like passions as we are. And Moses lived in our world and and had the same struggles with the flesh that you and I have, uh, but he won the victory, uh, and so can we. And so, as we begin here about Moses, we look into Exodus chapter one, and we see where Moses came from, and then we see why God chose him. The first thing I want us to see is we go back in history a little bit. We find that uh, we find uh, Israel is in slavery in Egypt. They're under the bondage of an extremely cruel. A uh, king in Egypt. In fact, the very existence was being threatened by the oppression from the Egyptians, and a deliverer was desperately needed. And as always, now to get that. As always, God, uh, as He always does, He raised up one in due time to bring about the deliverance of the children of Israel, and that deliverer was Moses you say, well, what's that? Well, just stay with me. And, and we see what's going on here in Exodus 1 with Israel uh, helps bring about that emancipator, Moses. It, and it's not a pretty picture here at all and, and about Israel. And in fact, it's not a, a unique picture because we can write uh, chapters like uh, Exodus chapter 1 throughout uh, about every age of man. And because when man turns from God and serves his own passions and pleasures, then he'll become like brute beasts, is what Scripture calls them, in the way that he treats others. And that's exactly what we're seeing nowadays, because man has turned away from God, and they treat one another just like brute beasts. And uh, because of that, and and folks, listen, society may be educated, society may be sophisticated. Society may be computerized and all those other things, but without God, he is void of morals. He is void of manners, and he's headed for a devil's hell right. simply because he's turned away from God. Now, if you look in verse 1, we notice the, the presence of Israel in Egypt. You say, well, what's Israel doing in Egypt? Well, we're gonna, we'll answer that, or Scripture will. Because if you look in the last part of the book of Genesis, it gives us that answer. And You can turn to Genesis chapter 46 and we'll get there in just a moment. Uh, But the last part of the book of Genesis gives us some history about that. If you remember Joseph, y'all remember him, say amen. He was the favorite son of Jacob. He was sold into slavery uh, or sold to slave traders, I'll put it that way. Sold the slave traders first. These slave traders took Joseph to Egypt, and then they sold him into slavery. And Joseph, as we read uh, here in verse 6 of Exodus 1, Joseph was the first of the Israelites to experience slavery in Egypt. uh, Because the Bible says, uh, in verse 5, it says, For Joseph was in Egypt already. Uh, and let me say this, and we have a tendency oftentimes to focus on the glitz and the, the fame and all those kinds of parts, the glory of the latter part of Joseph's life, but the reality is that Joseph went through some hard times before he got to the palace on a permanent basis. I mean, he went through some difficult years in his life to get that. And, but one day, Joseph came out of slavery to become the number two uh, ruler in Egypt, and, uh, and then God used Joseph. Now think about this. God used Joseph to uh, save Egypt from a famine. God used Joseph to save Egypt from a seven-year famine. Okay? All right? The famine uh, brought Joseph's brothers to Egypt for food which eventually led Jacob and all his family uh, that were in Canaan. They moved to Egypt and uh, under the care of Joseph. I mean, and what started out as something really bad ended up being a great blessing uh, to the Israelites. But but it didn't start out that way. Remember, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, I mean, it, it, which lets me know that, that God knows where you and I are. I mean... Uh, God is a master of making the difficult and dark circumstances of our lives into a great blessing. So it would help us if we just didn't get in trouble or get in a hurry. We get in a hurry. You know, first thing that we do, we want out of the trouble that we're in. But remember, we talked about Daniel, uh, how they, the, uh, the three the Hebrew children got thrown into the, uh, to the fiery furnace... And the Bible says they were up walking around. They weren't remember, they weren't trying to get out. They were in there they were in their fellowshipping with God. And where no matter where you're at, if God is with you, then you're gonna be okay. Amen. So God is with Joseph. And they they wound up there with his family. And if you look in Genesis chapter forty six, beginning in verse twenty-eight, and you read down through chapter forty seven and verse six, it tells us where they settled and they settled in an area by the name of Goshen Goshen was a place located on the eastern side of Egypt it was it was a very fertile land it was good for cattle i mean it, it, the the area was watered by a part of the river nile i mean it it made a great place for them to be there now watch israel settled uh, that where they grew into a great nation but think about this in But they didn't grow into a great nation overnight. In fact, they had some 400 years to do it before Moses let them out. So let me say this while I'm here. God knows again where to put us to provide us our specific need at the specific time that it's needed. He knows where to put us. Uh, And we got to be careful about when God, if we're going to ask God for something, listen, then let's let God be God. Let, when, he, when he tells us to go, go do something, then, then go do that and wait on him. And we're going to get into a little more of that. But remember as well, Israel is in Egypt under God's approval. Look in Genesis chapter 46 and verse 3. Let me get over here. Genesis chapter 46 and look in verse 3. It says, And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not, here it is, to go down into Egypt. For I will there make of thee a great nation. So they're there because God allowed them to go there. He sent them there. And and I say this because usually a trip to Egypt is due to disobedience. Egypt speaks of the world. It, it, it's full of paganism, materialism. Uh, it always had a bad effect uh, or a negative effect on the character and spirituality of God's people. And it does the same thing for God's people today when we get in the world. Listen, if we live in the world and do the things that the world does, it always has a negative and bad effect on our lives spiritually. And we can all say amen. So Egypt does not represent spiritual life, but it represents spiritual death. For example, if you go back to Genesis chapter 12, and and I'll not take time to go and read all these, but I'd like you to write these down. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 10 through verse 20. Uh, we Again, talking about Egypt being representing spiritual death, we see Abraham's trip to Egypt. It was the first of these trips to Egypt by God's chosen people, and it was an act of unbelief on his part. It resulted in lying for him to go there. It resulted in him acquiring Hagar. Remember the handmaid, the, uh, the Egyptian handmaid he brought into his home? A choice that plagued Abraham the rest of his life. So he went there. Not Listen, God didn't send him there. God told him to go somewhere else. But Abraham, he, he took a little side trip. And he got in trouble. You also read about other times when Israel got in trouble because they went to Egypt without God's approval. Isaiah chapter 30 is one of those. There were alliances of Israel with Egypt. You also read in Jeremiah chapter 43 where some of the Israelites even migrated uh, to Egypt. But, but now, it, while these go there uh, in disobedience to God, there were exceptions to Israel being in Egypt that did not reflect disobedience. For example, there was a time when Jacob's family went there. that We just read about that was under God's command. God let allowed them to go. He sent them there. There was another time in Matthew chapter 2. Uh, In verses 13 through 15, if you remember, there was a young man uh, that had a young wife that just bore a son by the name of Jesus Christ, and God sent them to Egypt, but God sent them there under his direction. Now, the carnal mind and the worldly mind, listen, that thought process would like to make the exception the rule. Are y'all still here? Say amen. Amen. But spirituality knows better. I mean, uh, listen, spirituality does not go to Egypt unless there is a clear and unmistakable command by God. I haven't seen that in a long time. God's not going to send you to Egypt. Listen, if you think you're going to Egypt and that's where God wants you to go, you better be careful about going. You better make dead sure it's what God wants you to do. Amen, because there are going to be consequences. And it, anyway, it's all through Scripture. But spirituality knows that you, if you go there, it has to be a clear command of God. Like Jacob going with his family, and like Joseph when he took Mary. So uh, God sends Joseph and his family to Egypt. And, uh, it, and, and we're going to find out again why uh, all the rest of that. Look at the what. Look at verse 7. Uh, Let me read, look look what it says. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty and the land was filled with them. Now the productivity of Israel in Egypt again was a fulfillment of a promise which God had given to to, uh, Jacob when Jacob and his family moved to Egypt in Genesis 46 and 3. We just read that. The fulfillment of this promise gives us some good examples about the fulfillment of divine promises. Now, notice, turn back to Genesis 46, and I want you to see this, because, listen, this again shows us the importance of words in Scripture, okay? Every word, every jot, every tittle. It says, And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will... What's that word? No, I will... There make thee, make of thee a great nation. Now we sing the song sometimes. Meet me there, meet me there, where the tree of life is blooming, meet me there. Y'all remember? Amen. Amen. We need to sing that again, Brother Shelton, while I'm thinking about it. But notice what it says. There. Well, there, watch, was a place of fulfillment. The there in Jacob's life meant Egypt. Are y'all still following me? God's promise specified the place for its fulfillment. And had Jacob and his family not abode or not uh, went to Egypt as God directed them, then they would have missed out on the blessings and the fulfillment of God's promise in their life. Think about it. God said, you go, what's that word? There. There. Amen, listen, not every place is the divinely appointed place of God's blessing. Amen, are y'all still here, amen. We have an example of this in Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse 1, where Jeremiah was instructed to go to the potter's house to hear from God. And that verse says, there will I cause thee to hear my words. Now, this is important. Had Jeremiah not gone to the potter's house, he would have missed out on the blessings of hearing from God. Because God said, listen, if you go there, go there and you will hear from me. So God is making a place. He is specifying a place for him to go for a fulfillment of blessing. If you hear people complain about coming up short on the promised blessings of God, they're probably not uh, there in the place of God's blessing. Right. Amen. It's probably because they're not where God has told. I've heard people all the time say man I just don't get it. God is just not blessing me. Well maybe you're in the wrong place. Right. There will I cause thee to hear my words. Listen watch this for instance. Now I know I'm preaching to the choir in a sense because y'all are here. But there is not home on the couch on Sunday afternoon. There is not home watching the football game on Sunday. There is not home with the family because, you know, uh, they hadn't been in for a while. It's all getting all kinds of quiet. There is not home because it's been a hard week. I mean, it's going to be hard. There was, I mean, there is being where God wants you to be when he tells you to be Amen. there. Amen. So there, if you want the blessings of God's fulfillment, is the house of God, worshiping God when it's time to be Amen. there. Amen. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Amen. In other words, God has specified a place for us to be blessed. So if you want the blessings of God, then you are responsible for being in the place that God wants you to be to receive that blessing. Amen. Now, is that, all, is, is that all clear, pretty good, that I didn't muddy the water? Amen. Amen. Uh, so we should be there, no matter what our feelings might be on the matter. We ought to be where God specified us to be to receive his blessing. No, There's a problem. Look in Exodus 1 again. If you read in the first part of this chapter, uh, it records some of the great persecution and problems Israel faced in Egypt. And the problems threatened to destroy them. Uh, But in spite of all their problems and persecution, the Israelites still grew and multiplied. Why? I mean, how were they able to do that? Well, because God's true to his word. Because God told them, if you go down there, he said, I will make of thee a great nation. Amen? Amen? I mean, uh, and no matter how harsh the circumstances were, Israel prospered. I mean, it got tough for them, and we're going to get into some of that along the way. But I'm telling you, listen, we look around today, and it gets pretty hard sometimes to stay the course. It gets pretty hard sometimes to continue. I mean, groceries are high up. You know, wages are down. Amen. Amen. I mean, there's more month the left over than there is money. Sometimes it gets a little tight. Sometimes we 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 get to that place where you have to rob Peter to pay Paul. But let me tell you something. Does God know where you are? Uh, listen. And sometimes when we get uh, we get in a little tight, listen that the Israelites that they were suffering all kinds of persecution. But because they were where God wanted them to be, God supplied their need. And the Bible says in Philippians 4, And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. So we can know that God will take care of us just as He took care of them. And, and I even wrote, said that, I said, Don't you think that if God can prosper the Israelites under the conditions they faced in Egypt, don't you think that he can bless you here and now? Is he not the same God today as he was then? Absolutely he is. So matter how, no matter how harsh our enemy may be, no matter how harsh or how tough Satan may be on the child of God, God will still fulfill his promise. And we can all say amen. Now understand though, the productivity didn't take place overnight. Uh, the fact is that it took several hundred years before they became a great nation. And as I've already said, they were in Egypt 400 years before they left as a great nation. 400 years. Well, wait a minute, preacher. I don't have 400 years. No. But, you know, if we're going through a trial, and I keep thinking of it today, stay the course. Amen. Listen, God knows where you are. Uh, he knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. And uh, and remember, they came out as a great nation, millions of people. But but look, how many of them went in? Seventy. Seventy. Listen, I'm telling you, over 70, over 400 years past, they came out and it was a, a, a better than a million people. I'm telling you, listen, did God keep his promise? Absolutely, he did. Uh, I mean, the productivity was there because God said he would take care of them. But this flesh is extremely impatient when it comes to the promises of God. Uh, The flesh wants God's fulfillment of the promises as soon as God makes them. If God said... And Philippians 4, and my God shall supply all your need. Okay, God, you promised it. Where is it right now? I've got a need. Let's take care of that. You know, Lord, I mean, uh, the bills are doing, you know, the bills are doing three. Wait a minute. You know, I've never, uh, listen, God's always took care of me. Uh, He's always, you know, when you think you're going to go hungry, God's always fed me. He's always took care of us. But he's always used somebody. Listen, he's always used somebody else that was in the will of God to supply that need. Amen. So you need to make sure that you're where God wants you to be, because He may need to use you to fulfill a promise in somebody else's life. Um, same thing with Joseph. He might have got there in an inadvertent way, but listen, God used him to fulfill a promise uh, to the Israelites. Hebrews ten thirty six shows us something about the impatience of this flesh. It says, ye have need of patience. Have you ever read that? Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10, 36, ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Right. Now, there's a condition to that. Mm-hmm. You know, we want the promise. But didn't it, doesn't it say that ye have need of patience that after... After what? After you do the will of God. Well, preacher, but you don't know how hard it's been. That's not I. I didn't say that. God said that. I mean, all I'm doing is telling you what God said, and He said, "After." You know, there's a little thing that you know, that that payday comes after you do the work. Amen. Nowadays, people just want to get a paycheck. You know, through the mail or something, I don't know, Uh, you know, without going to work. But God said if you don't work, you don't eat. And you know, that's kind of going along with this. He said you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God. Well, what's the will of God? I don't know the will of God for everything in your life. I know some of them, and I've mentioned some already. Listen, but I'm telling you, we will not receive the blessings of God until we do the will of God. But listen, but we've got to be patient with God. Our timing is not God's timing. Right. And we may, it may take us a little while. It may take us a few weeks. It may take us a few months. It may even take a couple of years. But it, listen, if we'll be patient and keep doing the will of God, God said you will receive the promise Amen. after you do the will of God. The waiting part's the tough part. The waiting part will test your faith. And this is where most of us fail. But it also gives opportunity to strengthen your faith. Which leads to two things I think that we need today. First, we need stronger faith in order to live more victoriously. To overcome temptation and, and serve faithfully. Uh, how do we strengthen our faith? Even the disciples prayed, Lord, strengthen our faith. Listen, you have to have a closer relationship with God. How do we do that? you got to spend some time in the, wo- in the book. And you've got to spend some time on your knees. Listen, you, you, you've got to spend time with the one who gives the strength. Listen, and then when things do come, you know what? No big deal. Uh, you can always tell how close you are to God by how we handle trials and tribulations. Listen, so first thing we need, I'll read it again. Stronger faith in order to live more victoriously, to overcome temptation and serve faithfully. The second thing we need is that we need greater proof of the sincerity of our faith in order to have a better testimony to the world. Um, The world watches us. uh, And they look at Christians today, and I'm telling you, uh, for the most part, Christians' faith is not, um, there's not much proof there about our sincerity. Because we live one way in here, and then we live another way out there. Uh, we we uh, we just we become more like the world. As soon as we leave this place, it's like man. As soon as we as, soon as we get on the church property, we we put our halo on and and you know we get our we get our Bible and we tuck it up under our arm and man we put a smile on our face and we you know why we do that because we're going to church. The church people might see us. I had somebody say, listen, preacher, I can't go in there because them people in there, they got it all together. Are you kidding me? Listen, you know why I come here? Because I need some help to get it together. That's why I come. I, I need to come and hear about how God is faithful to fulfill His promises. That's what helps me out. And and it gives me, listen, it gives me strength that I might follow him and do his perfect will. And it also allows, listen, people to see that there is proof in my life that will also help them to see Christ in me. Which leads to the question, how's your testimony to the world? Uh, How's your testimony to your loved ones? Do the choices you make on a daily basis show those around you that Christ is preeminent in your life? Hmm? Or do the choices you make say that there are things in your life that's more important than God? You know, we got to be careful about the choices we make. Um, I, the, the church has so, become so deluded today. And it's because uh, our testimony is not as strong as it ought to be. And it doesn't show that we are sincere in what we're doing in here. We need to take what we do in here and take it out there. And people need to see uh, Christ in our life. Now, God made you like you are. Everybody has a personality. Some better than others. Amen. Amen. I mean, can't everybody have as good a testimony or a good a, you know, uh, what's that word I said? Personality. Yeah, personality. That's what happens when you get over 60, you forget that stuff. Can't everybody have as good personality as me? You might be all drab and down like Brother Aaron or somebody, you know, I'm just saying. But, you know, God gave us a personality. And, and even out knocking doors, we have fun. Uh, from house to house, we talk and we enjoy fellowship with one another. But even when I knock on somebody's door, God has allowed me a person where I can talk to them. I look at their shirts. I, I mean, I'll find something to say something to them. I, if they open the door and I smell food. I mean, I'll say anything. I'll say, oh, hey, we got here just in time. And they'll look at me like I'm a nut. And I'm saying, oh, well, I smell bacon and eggs. I, I'm here for breakfast. And then they'll laugh, and guess what? Then I'll tell them, oh, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I I'm, I'm so talking about bacon and eggs. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the pastor of Central Park Baptist, and we just come by to talk to you about the Lord. And you know what? It sure, it sure changes things when you break down that wall of defense. Amen. Amen. It comes through personality. Listen, but you've got to hone that personality so that you can use it for the honor and glory of God. Amen. Not in here, but out there. Well, we talked about how Moses, listen, he's coming. And the Israelites are in a place where God can bless them. And you're in the right place today. You chose the right place. You, you are there. Where you can be, have the promise of God fulfilled in your life. But you've got to make sure you're in the right place at the right time for the right reason. Amen. Listen, um, this next week we're coming to our faith promise. I can I'm, I'm already tell you it's going to be difficult. Uh, we've got folks that drive get some work and we try to do things that really help you to be there. Where God wants you to be, uh, we do it once a year. Can I encourage you um, if you're not quite if you're wore out, come because it, it's that this this place is going to be the there next week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and I promise you, according to the word of God, if you're there then god'll God'll have something special for you. But if you're not there, then listen, you're, going, you're liable to miss out on something good. Can I encourage you? Hang on. Continue. It's what Acts 26 says in our theme for the mission conference. Continue. Paul said, having obtained the help of God, therefore I continue. We're fixing to cease. The great emancipator come and, and lead, his, lead God's people. But it all started with Joseph. All started with him. Listen, something great may start with you. Uh, God, help us to do it together for the honor and glory of God. And all God's people can say amen. Amen. Father, help us, Lord. Uh, Lord, as we get started on the life of Moses, God, we see where it all began.